0: Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I am your host, Nikki Shipp, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Welcome back to another episode of pieces for my puzzle. I'm your host Nikki. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am actually really excited because today on the show I have my very good friend Katie Barry with me on the show today. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Katie and I go way back. Actually, we've known each other for years. And I wanted to bring Katie on the show to kind of talk a little bit more about just mom's perspective. You guys have been hearing me talk a lot about my experiences with Drayson, but I think it's so important that we we all kind of bring in our own experiences. And Katie has some great perspective on what she's uh, been through with her son, who's also on the spectrum. But not only does she have a son on the spectrum, she's also a mom. She's also the an, a great entrepreneur. She, Her and her mother have a company called Cat and Timbo. So if you haven't checked out Cat and Timbo, please do, especially if you like vintage clothing, because I do. So uh, definitely want to check them out. But um, And she's also my friend. So I think... Th- thought that this would be a really fun episode. We're actually going to break this up into two parts today. So today is just part one where we're just going to jump right in and kind of talk a little bit of mom talk. So so Katie, tell, why don't you tell everyone listening today a little bit about yourself and um, maybe just a little bit about um, your son and when Ronan was, um, excuse me, Gregor. Gregor. Okay, just so you know, folks, she's got two boys, and I always mix up their names.
1: <laughs> Everybody
0: Ronan, does. I know. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, Ronan is the same age as Drayson. Yeah. Gregor is a year younger? Uh, they're 21 months apart. Okay. One grade younger in school. Uh, one grade younger mm-hmm. in school. So, Gregor, her youngest son, was, was diagnosed,
1: um, how many? 2018. Okay. So, about... Uh, mid-kindergarten. Okay. Yep. So about four four years ago? Yep. Okay, four yep. years ago was diagnosed
0: um, uh, on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so we've already, like I said, we've been friends for years. But anyway, so I apologize in advance if I mix up the boys' names <laughs> because okay. that probably will happen. But anyway, so tell the show a little <laughs> bit about when, um, you know, how you what kind of came to, yeah, how it began and yes. how it all came to be.
1: Um. Well, first of all, I just I have to say that we l- literally would not be where we are if it wasn't for you and your support and your resources. And we were talking yesterday, and I just said how I feel like how our, the role that our friendship has played in this is a really big deal because you don't always realize why people come into your lives at a certain time. And you may not think anything of it, but then all of a sudden it clicks. And I know that you were meant to be in our lives at that time when I thought I was going to lose it. So, um, when Gregor was about three, uh, I was kind of making some new mom friends in that same that had kids similar age, and I'll never forget. I was at a play date at a girl's house. We were acquaintances, didn't know each other well at all, and uh, her son was on the spectrum. I didn't know this though, one of her other children, and she was watching Gregor and her son play, and she says, "I, I hope you don't get offended by this." And I thought, "Oh boy, what is she going to say?" She goes, "Have you ever thought that he might be autistic?" This came out of nowhere, and I I was a little taken aback, but I thought, well, no, I guess I haven't. I mean, he just kind of likes to do his own thing, and I thought that's just his personality, but that comment stuck with me, and from that point on, everything shifted, and I just started noticing things. I started noticing little behaviors, things that... Uh, I hadn't necessarily seen in Ronan things that I wasn't seeing in other children. And at that time I was lucky enough to get to see you and our other girlfriend every morning at school and just hearing some of the things you guys were saying. And I think I started to ask a lot of questions and I thought, well, I'm noticing this and things just started to click. And then, um, a year later when Gregor started kindergarten, um, shortly after spring break spring break that year was a nightmare it was (laughs) so tough and we just gregor's behaviors really shifted we saw a huge change and we thought what in the heck is going on and when they went back to school i said to his teacher hey we had a really rough break Um, just Keep an eye out. It may take him a second to get into it. Get back into the swing of school. And she said, you know, I think that we should have a meeting because I have been seeing some things. And at that meeting, this teacher, I mean, she... We've been so blessed to have such incredible teachers, specifically for Gregor Kinder 1st and 2nd. But this kindergarten teacher had the bravery to say to me, listen, I think you need to have him tested. Um, And that just started the conversation from there. And she knew our family very well. She had our older son. And if she hadn't point blank said that. Just to do it. Yeah, I needed someone to tell us. You know, you're not imagining these things. You do need to have him tested, and that's really where where it all started.
0: Which I think is so amazing to hear because, and I, you know, we've talked about how much we respect our educators and mm-hmm. our teachers and everything that our teachers do, but yeah. there is a fine line for them to say whether or not, you know, I think you should have your child mm-hmm. tested, um, and I and I do think and in, in so many people that I've talked to over the years, that there is, there is a hesitation on the educator side Mm -hmm. to even say that to a parent, because, you know, they don't want the parent to become upset, Mm -hmm. or they're worried that that's, you know, that there's some sort of backlash happening. So, so I think it's really refreshing to hear that you had a teacher say, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important that you at least have it checked.
1: Absolutely. And I know that I had thanked her for saying that. And she had said that she had wanted to, or even tried to have conversations like this with other families. And she knew that, I mean, it wasn't even an option to bring it up, which makes me so sad. That's a whole other conversation, but (laughs) I'm just, I'm very thankful that she, she spoke up that day. And, and, uh, it really is what got the ball rolling. There, wow! there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So what was your initial reaction? And, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about your reaction and your husband's reaction. Like you kind of knew that this was happening, mm-hmm. but then now, you know, fast forward and the diagnosis is here. So, mm-hmm. so how, what was the initial reaction?
1: Well, um, before we even had a diagnosis yet, <laughs> even suggesting that we have him tested was Quite a mountain to climb, um, and I know we had talked about right. this. It's it's pretty common, but I I started to have the conversation with my husband, um, who is by nature a fixer. <laughs> he just <laughs> wants to fix everything. He's a doer, a fixer, and he's presented with something that he can't fix. Right. And at first I think he thought I I was crazy and there's nothing wrong with him. They want to just label him all these things. And it obviously was not that, that was just a defense mechanism for him. But if, if this was going to happen, it was going to be up to me to make it happen. And so did some research and found a place uh to get him tested and we made the appointment and my husband was still very very apprehensive he wasn't happy about it right he was really wrestling with how to feel um my perspective was all right like this train is in the station ready to go either you're coming with me or you're not Right. And this is what we're doing, full steam ahead. And I almost didn't really have time to process how I thought about it because I thought, okay, we got to get this figured out. And what's the next steps? Whereas he was kind of like, okay, let's look into this. But then, no, this isn't reality. There's nothing wrong. Right. He you, know, so you kind of went into mom mode. Yep. What I'm, do we need to do? Went into let's action go. mode. And okay. he... He wasn't really sure. He would be very defensive about it at times, and then other times be talking through solutions with me, and then be mad about it. angry
0: about it. Yeah,
1: so we were pretty much on polar, opposite ends of the spectrum. No pun intended.
0: (laughs) No pun intended.
1: (laughs) So, and
0: so now as this starts progressing, the diagnosis comes through Mm -hmm. and, and you feel maybe some sense of relief, I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. because you have an answer kind of as to why these behaviors and things are happening. Yes. And so how does that
1: affect your husband? So once we had that diagnosis, so this was the summer after kindergarten, uh, we were able to get him tested, had the diagnosis, um, really had a lot of respect for the doctor, really trusted her. She was just a wealth of information. Um, I was still like, okay, we have what we need now. What do I need to do to take action? And you and I had so many conversations about what to do next. many
0: conversations, yeah. He
1: um, was still... In a lot of denial about it, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean just you know you you have a child and you have all these hopes and dreams for right. what their life's going to look like, right. and then to have that erased and guess what things might look a little different. yeah, can be a very hard pill to swallow and and not that I did not have a tough time with it, but he really struggled with it yeah, it was hard for it was
0: hard for my husband too, it was mm-hmm. hard for Pat he was. Kind of in a daze almost, Yeah, I noticed. And just, it was me... I felt like I was the one in the in command, in the command seat, trying to delegate all these things that we needed to kind of, you know, go through. Yeah, And he was just kind of... I don't want to say coasting, but almost just a little bit, like, glazed over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think Pat was in shock for a little while. And like you said, all of those things that he thought he was going to be able to do. Right. And he was in... And he's made comments about that before, too. He's like, mm-hmm. I... Can't just go out in the backyard and throw a football with my kid, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and well, and you know, my husband, but for those of you listening, my husband's, my husband's was the athlete, was the, was active, played football, was in track and did all sorts of things like that growing up. And, and I think for him to not feel like he would be able to do those things with, with Drayson was, Mm -hmm. it was devastating for him.
1: Yeah. It's almost a little bit of a grieving process. You grieve that that
0: um idea like idea what the idea is. what it was mm-hmm. going to be like yeah yeah nope that's sure. so true that's so true so what how did how were you able to cope when you first learned about the diagnosis
1: um i think just in general i'm a very open minded um, very gray area type of person. Yeah. My husband's the complete opposite. He not that he's not open minded, but he's very black and white. He's right. very numbers guy. I mean, think a lot of men are. I right. think that's yeah. just kind of our nature by general, in general. Um, but coping, I I wanted to learn as much as I could. It's like give me all mm-hmm. the information, and then I'm going to sort through. I will. I'll remember just being at your house countless times and you busting out the big binder and, <laughs> and showing yeah. me like you have to be organized you yeah. need, you know just giving me a place to start right. and giving me little bits of information to just kind of add to the the collection that right. that was my growing knowledge of this and just the resources and places right. to start i think the more I learned that there was support out there, that did really help me help start you. to accept it. I knew there's nothing I can do to change it. How can I support him? Right. What is going to be the best way to support him? And just the more encouragement I felt, it really helped uh, make it easier. Wow. And then the real fight began. And
0: then the real fight begins. The real fight begins.
1: <laughs> I know. That's just yes. the beginning,
0: folks. oh boy. <laughs> yay. Um, so <laughs> so what advice would you have for parents that you know I've talked to and i've I've told you this. you know, I've talked to so many parents, and you see you see even the difference with the t- with types of parents, right? Mm-hmm. You see some parents that are really, really proactive, and then yeah. you see parents that that almost retreat. and I sometimes I think that that could be fear- based, the fear of the unknown, the mm-hmm. fear of having to do more or look for things or um and, and you feel defeated, right, in yeah. the beginning. And so, Very. you know, what advice would you give to parents that are dealing with maybe a new diagnosis? They maybe aren't as proactive as 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 maybe they could be. Mm-hmm. And how w- do you think that it's something that they need to do first for themselves in order to move forward? Or what advice would you have for parents in order to, to be okay with, dealing with a diagnosis?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, first and foremost, you for us, it was remembering and recognizing that he is not autism. That's not yeah. who he is. It's a part of what makes them so unique and special, but right. that's not who they are. They are still a typical 8-year-old, 3-year-old, right. 10-year-old, whatever. Um, and I think realizing that really helped. Like, Mm -hmm. he's still Gregor. He still has this personality. But there's this other little bit sprinkled in. And it's just what makes him unique. And I think remembering that helps tremendously. Right. Finding those resources. I feel like once you realize how much headway you can make, that it almost um, forces you into action. Right. But you don't know that until you start asking questions and start talking to people and, and really discovering the resources that are out there. So starting, starting in, or starting with Sark, uh, starting with, you know, finding groups on social media or just anybody starting with you and this podcast and, um, just getting, um, a point a, You don't have to have it all figured out. I'll never forget when you told me that. You don't have to have it all figured out. I still don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Right. I mean, I feel like every week it's something new. And just like (laughs) raising kids in general, you're always learning something new and things are going to shift and change with every age and stage. And it's no different Mm -hmm. if your child's on the spectrum or whatever sort of special needs is in your family. Um, But... You have to keep going. You have to keep going. You can't pass it off to someone else to take care of. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows your child like you do and nobody's gonna care about your child like you do. As much as I think we want to think they do. Yeah. Right. Another story. Yeah. (laughs) But we have to take full ownership of that as parents and and be that advocate as scary as it seems. We can do a lot of things. Yeah. That seem impossible. We can get them done, right. can't right.
0: we? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we and can. I think, I think too, it's you know, and I've expressed this before on the show before. You know, I you go through those points of frustration and anger, and and I've I have wholeheartedly been on the front lines of that too. You know, and when you get that, I've I've I have felt that I've used part of my frustration. Mm-hmm to drive me to learn more or figure out a solution or oh, do yeah. more or all of those things. And so I think that that's something that I've really tried to do in order to be in a good mindset for him, mm-hmm. for Drayson, because I, I worry, sometimes I worry for me personally as a parent, if I'm not in the right mindset, yep. how can I do these things for, for my child? One thousand. Um, and so it's, I think that, you know, people go, oh, well, you know, I just get so frustrated. So do I. Right. So do I. We're a parent. Yeah. We're a parent. I mean, <laughs> it's just on a daily basis with any kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the some of the shit that we have to go through, you're just, you get tired. You know? Yeah, you're going to get tired. Oh, my
1: gosh. You
0: know? That's um,
1: nice.
0: I know. So do you find that you need to take breaks for yourself, too? Like, I find sometimes I get really frustrated and I just need to, um, or if I get really tired, mm-hmm. that I just need to kind of, that's when I call and, you know, I'll tell Pat, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I need to tap out. For a little. out yeah. <laughs> tap out. Tap it out for a little while. Oh, but, yes. but do you feel that you have to kind of take that that time for yourself too, and take some breaks and and take a step away from mm-hmm. it sometimes in order to get back in that game?
1: I do, and I'll be honest, it's not something I think we're not very good at that. And yes. as women, right, um, taking that time for yourself, it it can feel selfish, but we need to do that. And this whole experience. It uh, it did a real number on my mental health. I'm not sure oh, about yeah. you, but oh, yeah. holy smokes, we were all going through some major changes when this happened. And um, I think recognizing what is happening within us as we go through this journey is really, really important, too, because we have to take care of ourselves right. before we can take care of anybody else. Right. And through it, I learned that I suffer big time from anxiety, depression, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a lot of things that needed yeah. to be dealt with. Right. And, and thankfully, I finally had had enough and thought, I, I need to deal with this. Right. And just that alone has helped tremendously yeah. um, in the form of just giving myself a break and using some tools that I've learned and knowing right. how to cope when I am feeling like, yeah. holy smokes, I'm going to lose my mind.
0: Yeah. So, well, and I felt that way too. I think my, my, I've always had some anxiety, mm-hmm. and I, I, I joke, I jokingly say this, but it really is true. It happened to me when I was in college and I was getting ready to take board exams mm-hmm. when I was um, getting ready to become a dental hygienist. That's when the panic attack started. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you know, I think that that you don't realize that things that you deal with uh, as yourself, as an individual, all of these things become amplified. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my anxiety was up, my stress level was up. Um, you know, th- th- I was worried about depression. Was I fall? And there are times where I have felt myself slipping into that state of depression mm-hmm. and realizing that I have to almost deal with it so that I can keep moving forward. And I, i I feel very lucky that I haven't let it debilitate me mm-hmm. because you hear stories about how it just becomes completely debilitating for yep. people. You so, shut down. Right. So would you say like, so would you say that it's so important that you, you figure out how to take care of yourself first? 1000%.
1: Yeah. I'll never forget uh, I'm telling you, you played such a key role. You have no idea. She's making me sound good. That's uh, what I, I mean, I tell everyone, like, you were such a godsend at that point in our life. I mean, and our friendship has grown since oh, then, yeah. obviously. But I'll never forget um, when we started, you know, searching for an advocate and going through that whole journey, which will be coming. Um, I remember sitting on the floor in my closet, sobbing. And I called you because, I, I mean, I thought, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? How can I help him? And I felt like you were the only person on the face of the planet that would understand and that, at that point, I thought, oh, my God, like, I am panicking. I'm having major anxiety. This is not okay. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be worried and concerned, but that moment is, like, Putting stuck intense. in my mind. I, I mean, it's like I was having a mental breakdown. Yeah. I really was. And that was the hardest year of our life uh, it In so many ways, it was hard on our marriage. It was hard being a parent to our other son. It was hard on me, just um, all the roles that we play as women. And like I said, it brought so much to the forefront as far as the help I needed for myself to make sure I was okay. And we can't push that aside. Right? We've, We've got to put our own oxygen mask on first. And, and, and that's what I did. I finally sought help and did what I needed to do to, to make sure that I'm okay too. Yeah. So I can do my very best for both of the boys. Yeah. But that, that was a major turning point and we can't ignore times like that. No. And I think
0: it's so, and it's so wonderful that you made that into such a teachable moment for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I think it, as individuals, when we're learning and constantly growing and evolving in our own way, that that's that's the beauty of life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever want to just stay where I'm at. Right. I want to constantly Keep be growing yeah, and going, absolutely, and, ha- and gain that understanding. And I understand that. I I remember. Oh. I remember that conversation so vividly as well, and I remember even feeling. You know, knowing that I knew how that felt and mm-hmm. what you were going through, it was like, you know, I felt that heartbreak and it was almost like I started to feel that heartbreak for you, but I felt it because I've, I wholeheartedly, cause I know what that feels yep. like. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I knew that you had been through the fight that we were entering into yeah. and if anybody was going to help us through it, it was going to be you at least to point us in the right direction. And, and we absolutely did get there, but, uh, I mean, it's it's sad. It's defeating. It's draining. It's all of the emotions, right. and you're constantly just trying to tread water to to keep up and right. figure out what the next step is. And right. if your spouse or whoever isn't on board, that adds a whole other layer. Right. Um. And it's it's a lot. It is. Well, a lot. and it's
0: hard too when when you start talking to you know your. Your family and your friends and people around you that don't always understand autism mm-hmm. either, and they're like, "Oh, well, just do this instead, right. or just you know, you know." I, my favorite is when they think that there's a behavior that's happening and they're trying to one over on us, mm-hmm. you know. And I and people will say, "Oh, you know, oh boy, they got you so hooked," and I'm mm-hmm. like, "That's no, not <laughs> entirely the not truth. What's going like, on yeah, here? Not
1: necessarily. Or they have you know? a very." um thought or like cliche in their mind of what a child with autism looks like. Oh, yeah. And you were the first one that said, you know, if you've met a child with autism, you've literally met one child with yeah. autism because they are all so, so different, different. Even though they may have similar things that mm-hmm. they do, similar characteristics. It's just like people in general,
0: too. Right. I mean, right. we all have our own quirks. We all have our own, you know, little mm-hmm. things and, and everybody's so different. Why should this be any different right. as well? It's right. just, <laughs> you know, just got a few extra things to add onto the That's list right. to take care of, I guess, while we're <laughs> at it. But but uh, well, I um, I appreciate you being so transparent and answering those questions and, and letting our listeners know that, you know, Always. this is not a you are alone situation. Oh There's so gosh. many things out there. But um, but uh, we will we'll be back next week with part two um, of this show to kind of continue some more questions with Katie. Um, so please make sure that you turn into uh, tune into that episode. Excuse me. Um, and that concludes our episode for today. So please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already at Pieces for My Puzzle. And if you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others in the community that might be looking for help or resources or even just hope and uh, insight uh, within the autism community and feel free to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform of choice thank you so much for tuning in until next time keep working on your puzzle and remember it doesn't have to all be solved in a day take care